Welcome to Astrology Today, coming to you live from the beautiful Sunshine Coast in Powell River, which is situated on the traditional lands of the Klahoman Nation. I will be your host, Maureen Reed, and I am an astrologer. Welcome to you, the listener, and to Jill, who is an astrologer in Victoria. Okay, I just have to make sure that we have some volume here and that I can... (laughs) Yes, we can hear and we can see each other. (gasps) Wow. We should put a mark on the calendar. It. So far, it's gone without a hitch. Woohoo. First day of spring. Yes, yes. And we're springy. No, whatever. Sure. (laughs) Okay, so this episode, what we're going to look at is all things Aries, to a point, I guess, yeah. Um, But mostly about just the whole start of a new cycle, which from astrologer's point of view is marked by the first degree of Aries. Um, And the chart that uh, from a mundane perspective, and when I say mundane, that's looking at um, charts world style. Yeah. So I've cast a chart for Canada for uh, this morning because spring here in Powell River or on the West Coast started at around 5.37 a.m. And so it was actually I can do this. I can bring up the chart. Yay team. I'm pretty sure this is the one I want. Yeah. No, that is not what I wanted. (laughs) Let me try that again. No, <laughs> uh, no, that, oh, maybe we'll try that. Okay, share. Oh, dear. Well, here, let, let me, so, Jill, can you still see that? I can see it. Yay, it worked. Okay, I'll make it a little smaller. Okay, so, yeah, it was actually 5.37 a.m. in Ottawa as well. How did that work? Yes, it was earlier here. It was two. Oh, okay. Okay. Thank you for that correction. (laughs) Okay, so um, astrologers look at this and they go, hmm, this could actually set the tone for a country uh, for the year coming up. Now, there are adjustments made at the cardinal angles. So at any of the Uh, like the uh, summer solstice or the winter solstice or the fall equinox, those charts apparently uh, modify this first chart to a degree. Would you agree with that? Yeah. She goes, yeah, yeah. Okay, so... I mean, it's all a flow of time, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, these are are slices through that whole... flow of time so it's this moment in time but it it isn't isolated nothing is no no okay so um the figures the planets um they play a specific role when you're looking at these kinds of mundane charts so we the people are represented by the ascendant and by the moon but mostly by the moon and uh so the moon is in gemini mars is approaching it um Mm. But that moon in Gemini in the fifth, from an ancient perspective, is a really happy camper moon because the fifth house is all about play and children and all that kind of good stuff. But it is trying um, a malefic, and Mars is a malefic as well. So all is not completely happy, obviously. 
And uh, but we do have Jupiter also on the ascendant, like right on the ascendant. So although people might not be entirely happy with the state of the world and the lockdowns and all the rest of that nonsense, um, there is hope. And obviously, for a lot of people, that hope rides on the whole um, rollout of the vaccine, uh, whether you're for it against it. But a lot of people are kind of counting on that. Um, the sun, which would represent our government, uh, he is down in the third house. So it's almost like what seems to be more important is local government, I'm thinking, and not the big government. What do you think, looking at this? Well, Jupiter rules the midheaven, and the midheaven's in Sagittarius. That's true. That's true. Yes. That's about as big as government gets. That's true. That's overblown government. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And uh, yeah. Well, and so that Mars, I mean, in in um, Jill's perspective with Placidus, Placidus house system, that Mars and Moon would be in the fourth house. So yes. overblown government keeping people at home. Wow. Does it get specific or what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. Yeah. And Jupiter also represents freedom, and I think a lot of there are there is a global um, movement today. There are rallies happening all over the world today. They've mm, okay. They're a world rally basically in cities all over the planet. So that's people wanting their freedom back. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I think that's part of that Jupiter on the ascendant. Yep. Sure, yep. there will be one in Ottawa. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. That is the seat of our capital. Yes, yeah. So it's, um, and this, you know, is also the um, chart looks incredibly similar if you cast it for Washington, D.C. Um, and so overblown government keeping people at home is, would also be part of their signature. And, yep. you know, so basically what you've implied is, you know, we'll, we'll work over there. The other thing that I find a bit disturbing, especially with my house system, of course, is Mercury, Neptune, and Venus all in Pisces in the mm -hmm. second house of resources, which, you know, uh, my hobby horse, of course, has to do with the environment and the fact that we're swiftly running out of resources and and all that kind of stuff at the consumption rate that we're at and having you know venus neptune and mercury in the second house of what we need in order to sustain life i'm not liking that but uh yeah and mercury is squaring mars which is yeah yeah yeah, it's not like it's yeah. it's on the agenda in the way that i would like to see it on the agenda but uh yeah we'll see yeah and it was interesting. I listened to a uh, podcast uh, just yesterday, actually, with a woman who has um, made it her astrology career to do um, horary astrology. And yeah. she also did a tremendous amount of work on uh, William Lilly's text, which was sort of the first compilation of astrological knowledge to date back in the 1500s. Right. Um, and uh, her take was that with the um, conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter 
on an eclipse, the first degree of Capricorn, blah, 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 all of that that happened back in December, uh, that we're looking at some form of um, control through the next 20 years due to things like pandemics and stuff. So I don't know. I'm hoping she's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, everybody has a chance to take a stab at these charts. Yes, well, we still have that Saturn-Uranus uh, square happening. It's yes, it's and only two degrees apart. You know, I mean, it's it's going to be happening for yes most of the year. And or then by just, by sign base it's the aspect, exact ones that happen, but yeah. you know, you don't wait for the exact because it's happening constantly. Yeah, exactly, and and that those two will square off from a Hellenistic perspective until Saturn leaves Aquarius. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the next piece that we're going to move on to is, uh, and I'll see if I can switch what I have up on the screen, which will be a chart, um, and I guess I don't need to do that quite yet, so let's stop sharing screen. Um, Okay, so we're going to look at the forecast for the month of April. And just as a reminder to myself, this is episode 74. (laughs) In case in future I'm trying to figure out what I'm listening to. Yes, okay. (laughs) Um, So we are going to, the month of April um, is is sort of like a a pause in between these big um, squares that Joe was talking about, the Saturn-Uranus square. And But each month has its own kind of flavor. And the only reason why we're breaking it up into months is because that's kind of how we relate to the year. And we're going to start April's Fool's Day with uh, Mercury sextile Pluto at, and you're going to hear the 26th degree a lot in April. So if in your own chart you have like a 26 degree or close within what do you say like three degrees on either side or two with some of these fast moving ones it's probably closer to two that yeah 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 the big is like pluto i think yeah yeah oh yeah no if it if it's because pluto as it turns out for this month is also on the 26th degree yeah um and so that particular so it's almost like all of these other 26 degree moments are are going to flash off of that pluto yeah Um, i I think so when you you know you always look i always look anyway at the outermost planets as like kind of the background for whatever else is going on yes exactly exactly the 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 more inner planets um they're kind of moment to moment and they trigger yeah exactly especially if they aspect that particular heavy planet yeah Uh, but they don't on their on their own kind of do too much. True, make a lot of noise. Yeah, and I don't tend to look at the sextiles much at all, just because there's a lot to look at. I know, <laughs> but we have time. Of, they don't have a lot of energy. No, they don't. They don't. So, so yeah. To me, they so don't. and and I would agree with that. So the you know April Fools being what it is, uh, <clears throat> but I'm thinking that there might be some little nugget of communication, news, etc., that comes up that has portend for later in the month when the 26th degree gets triggered a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So 
otherwise Pluto Pluto or Mercury triggering Pluto could just be um, I think big government Mercury uh, sextile to Pluto is, as I was saying there's all these rallies going on all yeah. over the globe yeah that is that is people speaking speaking out, out against on, global, on, a, on a massive level and yeah. Pluto is masses so I yeah. think that in that yeah. sense yeah that is that's kicking off this this new, month yeah essentially I mean if Aries is the start of, of the year basically and yeah terms, you know yes. our cycle our yeah. cycle that is correct. It's off. So I think that's, that in yeah. that sense, it's, it's uh, significant in that sense. Yes. On uh, April the 3rd, Mercury leaves Pisces, and Mercury isn't as strong. Matter of fact, it's quite debilitated in um, Pisces. Uh, so when it hits Aries, it gets way more <sighs> loud and proud. And we now will have uh, the Sun, Mercury, and Venus all close to the sun. Now, from a Hellenistic perspective, they are considered burnt up. But I think what that actually manifests as, especially if you happen to have that in your own chart, is um, there's no separation between sort of where your heart is at and, you know, if it's Venus, how you, you know, like you take to heart what relationships are about. And if it's Mercury, you can't really separate your mind from where your heart is at. But I think on this level, um, it's uh, it's not differentiated out there in the world, right? Uh-huh. It's just an Aries moment where, yeah, things are... <laughs> There's more energy in Aries. Yeah, exactly. Aries energy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So people are loud and proud. Um, And the image always that strikes me, because I used to live out in the country, is cows. Placid, munching, chewing cud cows, like we're talking the big guys, (laughs) would be leaping around at this time of year, (laughs) which always just sort of, yeah, that's that's Aries. (laughs) Yeah, that yeah, rush of energy. Getting ready to have their young. <laughs> yes. Well, actually, no, they have their young, like, way earlier. Yeah. And that's, but when when they would have their young if they were not domesticated, that would be a question. But normally calving takes place in, like, January, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking more of... The animals in nature. Yeah, the natural order, yes. Heron, the herons are busy building their nests. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. They just they just brought the, some of the animals in for the children's farm. Ah, yeah. And the goats look like they're kind of big with baby. Yes, and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, so. on... Um, April the 6th, uh, Venus again does one of these minor ones, uh, sextiles Mars. Uh, and I would say, you know, if you're out there in the world and you're in the whole dating moment, that um, this will be a great day for anything like that. Um, it kind Especially of... Especially if it's, it's supporting one of your natal planets. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Okay, next up we have, uh, on April the 9th, we have a square. Mars is in Gemini, and um, a bit of a dithering Mars in the sense that it can be all over the map with its energy. And so when it comes up to square Neptune, um, hmm, 
My my impression of this combination would be fighting at uh, Phasmagoria, you know, like, yeah, because it's a square and it's like there isn't anything you can actually put a knife through, which is what yeah. Mars would like to do. It's like it's a cloud yeah. or a ghost or, yeah. Yeah, yeah Neptune tends to... to make things kind of nebulous I yeah think. yeah yeah so, so things if you're if you're like pissed off at something kind of avoid the ninth and the tenth because you're not likely to hit a target that's going to have any meaning like and you might be you might feel quite frustrated yes yes yeah yeah definitely I'm confused I'm confused <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so you know one of those uh um, when I used to do these, like, um, I used to do a daily forecast on each of these shows for the week ahead. And um, I think I was calling these, uh, you know, uh, mental health day. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like, if you can get away with it, yeah, no bother. <laughs> well, pretty much anything squaring Neptune gets that nebulous yeah. quality yeah. pulled in. Yeah, there can be... Okay, so that's the ninth, and then I'm going to wrap that up into the tenth because we have um, Saturn is triggering the North Node, Mercury is triggering the North Node, um, and then Mercury is also triggering Saturn. So North Node tends to be, or activations of the North Node tend to be messy. Yeah, so that messy theme is likely going to carry on, and I don't have a calendar in front of me, which I should have, because I'm not well, sure. Of course, what... when it's sextiling or trining the north, it's trining or sextiling the south as well. Exactly, exactly. So it's triggering the nodal axis, the whole where yeah. am I coming from, where am I going kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, and so pulling in that Neptune is just, yeah, those kind of days might be write-offs. <laughs> you know, I... <laughs> Anyway, good, good days to focus on. Um, there you go. Doing meditative kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. 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 Non-concrete. Inner work. Inner, yeah. work. inner work. There you go. Going within. Yeah. Yeah. Looking okay. at your connection to the uh, the all and the everything. Yes. And if your all and the everything um, is of the fun variety. Um, we end that little period of time with Venus in Aries, sextiling Jupiter in Aquarius. Now, you put the two benefics together, um, and it's pretty hard for them not to enjoy something. Um, well, you can also have a little overindulgence. With oh, those. no. Is that possible in this time? I don't think so. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, come on. We get to have a party. You could have a party, but there's a tendency to overindulge with Jupiter often. And okay. This is all about pleasure. So it's yeah, good. yeah. Feels good, more is better. Exactly, exactly. Says the Moon in Taurus. Come on. <laughs> that can be, you know, too much of a good thing. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, our our audience gets to take you know use that according to yeah, what works well, for them everything has its upside and downside that is so. true that's true okay so but very swiftly because of course if venus is at 25 of aries and she's moving yeah. right along okay guess what um oh and also 
on when she hits 25 no 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 cancel cancel that was last month uh, well, or this month <clears throat> okay she's sextiling jupiter she's starting her square with capricorn it, yeah capricorn. with the pluto so this is one of those 26 degree moments and um in the larger world context uh this could be a huge rift in um political or country dynamics in terms of you know people squaring off you know this is my turf that's your turf blah 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 yeah and the other thing with pluto is it's slowing down to station yes so it's getting very intense it's it's, it's yeah. really it's grinding that degree really hard yeah and anything that's triggering it is just em emphasizing yeah it. yeah pluto's a key planet this year yes this it month. is it is very much so and so um you know the political scene out there in the world may you know kind of roar up um, you know, around April the 11th. And of course, this is also the new moon. Now, I will uh, pull up the new moon chart. If I can, I am going to attempt to do that. And so for those who want to follow along on the broadcast, if you have your computer handy, <laughs> then uh, you can also go to uh, my website and see the chart that we are going to look at. So the new moon in April is on the 11th. Uh, it's at 7.30 p.m. in Powell River. It has Libra rising um, and the degree for the uh, uh, the actual conjunction is 22, which is not that far off the 26 of Pluto. Like, uh, oh, I think I would count that as part of the square. Exactly, it's pulled, it's pulled into the conjunction with Venus. Exactly. Yeah. Pluto, yeah. Pluto. So this is this is um, typically new moons are used for beginnings of things. Um, so this won't be a uh, it won't be the Piscean puddle that we had last week. No, 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 no. Much more dynamic. <laughs> yes, very much so. So on a personal level, this apparently is a weekend. Um, on a personal level, you might want to use that Aries energy, like get physical if you can, but in a healthy way, in a competitive way. Um, yeah, to sort of bleed off some of that tension that uh, Pluto will be grinding on. Uh, or, but or gardening. Or gardening, gardening or yeah. Yeah, something yep. physical that feels good to you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, with, the, with the conjunction to Venus, I think you know anything that is working with the beauty of the world is yes, that would be an excellent use of that. Um, I would stay away from conflict because it could get quite messy. Yeah, if you're around people that are, um, yeah, that are in conflict. And, and Mars is not that far off the square to Neptune either. It's still yeah. square. Yeah, so it's not going to be clean. You're, you're not going to direct your energy clearly. Yes, exactly. Um, if you're, especially on an intellectual, if you know. Yeah, your arguments <laughs> and, yeah, the rhetoric could get quite loud this yeah. on this particular weekend. Okay, so what I wrote here was also global alliances or discords may well heat up beyond the Mars-Jupiter ability to smooth things over because Mars and Jupiter 
uh, Mars is coming up to a trine to Jupiter, which normally could be used in a really positive fashion. But uh, with the, with yeah. the influence of that squared to Neptune, you could again, you could just have over the top. Yeah. Just way too much. Yeah. Yeah, nothing that could actually be useful. Especially with so many planets in Aries. I yeah, think. yeah. You know that amplifies that that Mercury because it's in mutual reception with Mercury. Right? Exactly, exactly. So the rhetoric that is, yeah, there's going to be a lot of blah blah blah. There's happening. an amplification of that Mars energy just because of the number of planets that are activating yep. the full sign. And then he's coming up to play with Jupiter. Yes. Okay, so maybe not hunker down in the fallout shelter, but <laughs> do your gardening, do your best. No, just easy. Okay, so this is as we start to heat things up. So we've got um, the next aspect is, of course, Venus will move into Taurus, which she loves. But all of a sudden, we've got Uranus is now, who has been kind of on the back burner for a while, uh, with nobody really close to him. Uh, but now, of course, we, we are going to start to see a shift into that Taurus energy, which is going to be, and on one of the podcasts I was listening to, it was pointed out that um, we've, we've had our first Saturn-Uranus square, but with everybody in Aquarius, Okay, so sort of from the Aquarius point of view. But now everybody's going to pile up in Taurus and stare back at Saturn, which yeah. is going to give a different vibe, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. And the, so, weight, the weight is shifting from, yeah. from Saturn to the Uranian, Uranian energy. Exactly. And so Taurus will be the first one. Um, and, and Venus will be, like, way happier in Taurus than she ever will be in Aries. Um, it's her home turf. Uh, even though uh, Venus Uranus, um, I, I know a few people that have strong Venus Uranus contacts in their natal chart. And they walk a different road, I think is yeah. how I would put well, it. Well, that's, that's the Uranian energy. Is, yeah. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. everything about Uranus talks about that because even it cycles and how it how it rotates on its axis and yeah all that. yeah rolls around totally different from any of the other planets that's so, right <laughs> it is the uh he's the, he's the rebel he's the it's all about rebellion and revolution yeah yep. and so one of one of the things that we have unquestioningly valued over time has been our strict association with um, gender division, right? Mm -hmm. You know, depending on um, the physicalness of one's body, you were divided up into female and male. Um, but there is a huge growing movement to throw that out and uh, allow, you know, uh, have a, a society in which gender differentiation isn't as high on the list, I guess, socially as a value. And I, 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 that just occurred to me. I'm wondering if with this particular Venus coming into Taurus and it triggering, um, you know, the reverse of the Uranus-Saturn square, I wonder if that might 
yeah, get more airtime out there, like be talked about more. Well, I yeah. think I think I think there's just uh, there's an energy coming that's going to be much more like we were talking about before. Just we want more freedom. We want yeah, we less want. less. Fairness, I mean, it's not the same as Jupiter, but it has that spirit of freedom. It doesn't yeah. like restriction. It doesn't like yeah. being hemmed. Saturn is hemming it in, and it's like, get away from me. Yeah. Stop doing it. Yeah. And Saturn represents the status quo, the what we've always had. Yeah. Now it's not okay, and what we're doing is not okay. We need to change it up. And, yep. And we want to shake. And it's a, I see Uranus very much as the great awakener. Yes, exactly. So exactly. It's waking up to new, new awarenesses. Exactly. Personally. Okay, so next up we have um, the sun, of course, is coming up to the degrees of Jupiter. And so it hits <coughs> Jupiter first before it starts in on the squares to uh, that Pluto. So we have a few nice days around April 15th uh, that have sort of the possibility for some positive notes when the sun sextiles Jupiter, but then immediately squares Pluto. So... Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think the Plut Plutonian energy will a bit overshadow the Jupiterian. Yeah. 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 In that Which regard. is too bad because that was a nice aspect. <laughs> but sometimes <Yeah. laughs> there's louder voices in the room. Yes. There are indeed. Yeah. Um, and so the other thing that I noted at this time was that the midpoint between Jupiter and Pluto equals Saturn. So arrested progress, mm -hmm. um, whether that be on a, you know, I'm, when I saw that, I kind of went, oh, um, on a bigger, you know, more global, not necessarily on a personal level, that no. we no. might see uh, the ramifications of the complete shutdown last year um, and how that's impacted uh, the global economy. And from my point of view, I'm happy that it was ground to a complete halt because we need to redefine what that means in order to live on a planet that could be sustained. Um, but anyway, so we may start to notice, you know, a wild, I'm thinking that it could be uh, extraordinary increases and decreases in the stock market with that, with this piece coming up with the 26 degrees being hit. And so I have a list of dates that have this 26 degrees. So um, April 16th through to, um, till when? Yeah, the 17th. Okay, so two days in which we've got uh, Mars and Jupiter hitting 26 degrees, uh, Mercury and Jupiter hitting 26, Mercury and Mars hitting 26. Uh, and then Mercury squaring uh, Pluto at 26. Um, and so that energy, even though some of those uh, in terms of Pluto's aspects are quite minor, but it's just that 26th degree. It's just bizarre how many times yeah. it gets dinged. And so this to me feels like it will encompass all of us because we're not talking about just cardinal signs. We have mutable signs and we have fixed signs and we have cardinal signs all being impacted. So would, be, would yep. be interesting to see what the uh, Sabian symbols or the other 
you know, yes. books that, there are books that are have been written about specific degrees. You know, what's the different, yeah, what the different degrees? Because each degree is unique. So yeah, exactly. Degrees. Actually, it would be counted as twenty-seven degrees yeah. once you get past the exact. So yeah, if you were to look up twenty-seven degrees of Capricorn, because that's where Pluto's not just getting hit. yes. Yeah, it's going to sit sit there for a while. A while, while. <laughs> and grind it away. <laughs> so it would be interesting to know. I don't have my Sabian symbol book anymore. I used to have one. Um, yeah. Or, but there are other books that I've seen where they talk. You know. They yes, sort of because certain <laughs> cards will have a specific, um, like in the tarot deck, there'll be a card that's associated with that particular degree, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that would be an interesting thing because that would be probably a bit illuminating as to what's going on. Yeah. Anyway, I suspect we will take note of that uh, moment in April, those couple of days. Uh, followed very closely on the 18th when uh, Mercury conjoins the sun just in the last degree of Aries. And so, yeah. So uh, yes. Yeah. Still carrying on the square. Really. Exactly, exactly. And I, what sort of struck me about that, the 29th degree, mental breakdown or burnout, right? You know, yeah. like it's just way too hot. And then everything slides into Taurus to join Venus. And so there will be, I suspect, a distinct vibrational shift between, you know, the 16th, 17th, 18th, and then everything slides into Taurus. And there'll well, be a shift. it's into Taurus, but it's heading for Uranus. Well, so. that's true. That's true. But it will be different than the grind of, um, oh, here, here's one of the ways that Pluto has been described with its passage through Capricorn. The beatings will continue until morale in, improves. Oh. <laughs> God. <laughs> that's uh, courtesy of uh, Austin Kopic. Yeah, that's his okay. take on, yeah. Pluto in. Well, and one of the main thing is that it'll shift the energy from the Aries, which is amplifying Mars. Yeah. And yes, yeah. that too. And yeah, it takes the heat down totally. Um, so a wee respite, but not for very long, because it's um, by April 22nd, Venus has conjoined Uranus. And so we'll be kicking up the Saturn Uranus square energy. Well, Mercury, Venus and Mercury together, really, because both date the... Oh, yes, yeah, 22nd, 23rd, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. So we, at that point in time, we will see the reverse of the uh, Saturn-Uranus square, and um, I'm, I'm personally hoping that the focus will shift to sustainability on the planet, Um, but we'll see, we'll see, yeah. Uh, coming, then, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, and then we yeah. got Mars shifting too. So. Yes, and then Mars takes its break out of uh, Gemini and into Cancer. And Mars and Cancer, um, testy, I guess, eh? I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah, well, you got it in a water sign, you know, you can get some hot, you can get some steam. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. One must remember that water does boil. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. and especially if feelings are hurt or, yeah. you know, yeah. sensitivities are. Yeah. 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 yeah 
Yeah. Oh, well. (laughs) But at least we're not totally focused yet. I mean, Mars will eventually come up to its opposition to Pluto, which will... What it will do is amplify the full moon. Yes, it will. Totally. Yeah. Okay, so then we get a bunch of squares, which, like I say, will will show off the uh, Uranus side of the Uranus-Saturn square. Mm-hmm. Uh, and be also part of the hoopla for, and so let me switch charts that are up. Uh, how did I do that? I know I did it. <laughs> I forget how I did it. Did I do that? Yes, I did that. Okay, and then I do this. Maybe, maybe not. Yay, there we go, there we go. Okay, so the full moon on the 26th of April at 8.32 in on the West Coast. Um, And, uh, you know, moon is obviously in Scorpio. Um, And this is so close to the actual Saturn-Uranus square uh, that this will not be, you know, April will have its moment. Um, it had its grinding moment first, but now the tension, yeah. And um, I saw a, uh, whatchamacallit chart of this, um, astrocartography, which I don't believe I've talked about on this show at all. Um, oh. Yeah, so that I could do, be an I ep- do astrocartography. Yeah, exactly. That's one of Jill's um, fortes. So we'll have to do an episode on that. Anyway, it shows the Saturn-Uranus thing going through British Columbia, which gives me a bit of a shiver because we're due for, you know, an earthquake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and well, certainly, certainly Uranus in Taurus can yes, yes. manifest in that form. Yes, it can manifest Uranus. that way. So, you know, it got me thinking when I was looking at that astrocartography picture that... My earthquake kit is kind of not happening because uh, normally I have it all set up for the boat, right? You know, because I right. go boating. And so, yeah, it would. Anyway, because our house sits on sand and it would fold up like a deck of cards. Huh? <laughs> yeah, anyway. <laughs> well, I, I think, as I was saying, I think that the fact that Mars is now in Cancer just helps to amplify the energy of that. Scorpio moon. Yes, yes, it will. Yeah. Especially with Pluto stationing. <laughs> yes, as well on the day. Yes. On the day. This is significant. Yeah, yeah. It, this full moon down. will um, will not go by un... Um, yeah, it, yeah, it will yeah, be notable. Pluto, I mean, Pluto's been triggered all month and it's been leading up to this... To this station. moment, yeah. Because yep. that's, you know, plus if you look at the U.S., it's getting very, very close to their Plu- their natal Pluto. Yes, so they're they're, they're going through they're their Pluto. They're beginning their Pluto return. They yep. are in the middle of a some kind of revolution going Yes, on. yeah, which yeah. they need to do. I mean, it's... Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. well, whatever, whatever happens needs to happen. We may not yep. like it, but in my estimation... Yeah. Things don't happen unless they're supposed to happen. So. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Rome fell. And yeah, any sort of, yeah, whatever. Okay, so what on the ground? Um, so this would be a, this is a Monday, so this is coming off a weekend. Um, so personally, 
tensions will be high. You're not likely going to resolve anything, but the battle lines should become very clear this day. Yeah. 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 And, and you, you know, with the Mars in, in Cancer and the Scorpio moon, people can be a little more sensitive and yep. easily triggered. Yes. Yes. I think, exactly. Exactly. So yeah. So, so look at the scenario, but don't try to do anything with it. Yeah. 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 Wait till the energy shifts a bit. Well, again, it's about, be, you know, being more aware. Right? Yes, exactly. Being and with that Saturn <laughs> at the apex of that T-square, reality yeah. is being revealed. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. And is it a reality you want? Yes or no? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, what kind of world do you want? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly. what we need to be focusing on and how do we get it happening? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So following, because this is the 26th, we only have 30 days in April. We then, probably the most notable thing, um, you don't want to be signing too many documents on April the 29th when Mercury sextiles that Neptune. Um, yeah, good stories, but nothing to sign. Uh, April 30th, the last day of the month, the sun hits Uranus, uh, making the concrete change that this full moon is trying to highlight uh, probably start happening, I would think. Yeah. Yeah, I think, well, especially with the Pluto station, I mean, still, yeah. something's, going, something's going on here. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I expect, yeah, yeah. there's been the build up to it with all that Aries energy, and now it's yeah. becoming more grounded, more yes. solid, more, yeah, yeah, yeah. Plans, plans are becoming more concrete and, yep. yeah. Okay, so welcome to the month of April. Everybody enjoy it. No. <laughs> okay, so the other piece that we are going to move on to now is I have a demo chart for um, uh, this month. And, uh, and who it is is Lucy Lawless. And um, I... Again, like the chart that I came up with last month, which was uh, all Pisces and, oh gosh, I can't remember her name now. She wrote Hands of Light, right? So just um, like, you, it, sometimes it's just bizarre how well people will demo a particular sign's energy. Mm -hmm. And so here we have another example that is just a bit mind-boggling. Uh, so it's Lucy Lawless, who um, one of her preeminent roles uh, that she's had was Xena, warrior princess. Um, she was born March the 29th, uh, 1968, in Auckland, New Zealand. She is a sun, moon, ascendant, Saturn, heiress, who we might get time to talk about, all conjunct, all in the first house, like just Aries, Aries person. <laughs> and she was a warrior princess. I mean, it's... <laughs> so... One might think she would have a fairly strong yang side to her. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. Well, uh, you know, I can remember actually watching the show a few times because I had a friend who was just madly in love with her. And even though she is confirmed heterosexual, 
um, she did become a spokeswoman for lesbians, and they, you know, they were very appreciative of her because in that series she does uh, have a relationship with another woman, oh. and so the portrayal of that whole style of being in the world um, had a major positive uplift because of um, what she did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Aries, what are we talking about here? This is that outrush of spring. It's my standard statement for Aries is immediate direct response to life. What Uh would you say? Yeah, it's an action oriented sign for sure. And it likes to start things. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't always like to finish things. But I like no, to no. Cardinal energy isn't necessarily a finisher, but it definitely likes to start. Yes. She, yeah. She might do better, though, because the ruler of all that Aries energy is in Taurus. That so is true. Have, yeah. She may be able to follow through. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. So where where Mars is in an Aries-dominated chart will reflect just how how that getting started energy is uh, going to operate. The other thing I've often said about strong Aries is these are the folks that you want driving up behind you after you've had a car accident. They Mm -hmm. will respond immediately. They may collapse afterwards, be a complete mess later, but that's, you know, their action in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I think she probably... Uh, has more success because her Mars is in Taurus. Yes. And it, it gives her more ability to to carry through. Yes. On whatever, whatever she wants to do. Yeah. Personally, I think if it was an Aries, it might not be so good because she doesn't have much uh, earthiness going no, on. No, <laughs> no. It's very, this is a very... Um, a captured chart like in the sense that it's it's sort of like a bucket uh, but it's Jupiter and it's in a fire sign that's the handle um, all the outer planets are all also on the opposite side of the chart uh, it's a very well some might even say seesaw yeah yeah, yeah. seesaw yeah. style it's pattern more heavily weighted certainly in the 12th and 1st yeah yeah. yeah, it's uh, definitely a bipolar. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so to speak. So to speak, yeah. And interesting that the two rulers of her Pisces planets yeah. are, uh, are squaring each other. So Yeah. And yeah. and the the other thing about that that I was made note of before the show was that Venus Mercury in the 12th house in Pisces Pretty much her whole, if you look through her um, bio in terms of the work that she's produced, she's also a singer, uh, has a bit of a band as well. But uh, most of the roles she's played have been these fantasy, mythic characters, Venus conjunct Mercury in Pisces. Larger than life. Larger than life, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, her Venus, her Venus, Mercury are square are opposing Pluto yes so again that gives some brings in that sort of intensity yeah 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 and the unusualness of it too because in 68 um you know Pluto and Uranus were together creating upheavals out there in the world absolutely it was the that was a huge time yeah it was I was Woodstock and all that stuff. Yes, (laughs) exactly, exactly. 
Okay, so the the I do have a few minutes here. Oh, and the other thing I wanted to note uh, is she was born on an eclipse, and yes. uh, yeah. that does confer. It seems to confer to a lot of people. I haven't made a study of it, but you get the impression that if you're born on an eclipse, you have a tendency towards some form of prominence, and hmm. uh, that is true. Well, obviously, yeah, in her and, case. and her Saturn, her Saturn which rules the tenth, mm-hmm. is conjunct the north node. Exactly, yeah. And, and again, I think that probably being part of that Aries stellium mm-hmm. is, uh, gives her more focus and yes. certainly the, the desire to achieve. Yes, oh yeah, oh yeah. She's still working a lot, like, you know, her career is far from over. Although when I looked at her... Um, zodiacal releasing which uh is the way that the ancients would lay out periods of your life her career took off in uh the start of a peak period which was her cancer peak period and um it's it's winding down now so but you know i mean she is of an age now where her whole roles will start to shift right she's not oh yeah yeah yeah, she's an older actress, and yeah. Okay, but the other thing that I was going to comment on is in the last 20 years or so, there have been huge astronomical discoveries of um, a group, it's called the Kuiper Belt, that has produced large chunks of rocks, one of which, of course, uh, astrologers have been noting since, what, the 40s? Uh, Pluto. And one of the other big chunks coming out of the uh, Kuiper belt is Eris, which was for a time going to be called Xena. <laughs> and uh, in mythology, um, and I was just going to like read this. So, um, and she had, we all have Eris, E-R-I-S, um, Uh, We all have it in Aries because its orbit is over 500 years long. So it's not as probably useful to astrologers as Pluto. Pluto does take, what, 248 years to go around, something like that. But we have, uh, you know, since astrologers have been following it, it's, uh, there's no doubt that Pluto has a major impact. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so it, it won't be us that figures out if Eris really has an impact, but I'll what's be right back? Sorry. Yep, not a problem. Uh, her doorbell just rang, uh, and we are live. <laughs> so I will continue with Eris. So Eris may or may not be a object that can be uh, mapped out there from an astrologer's point of view. That sh- turns out to be useful. Hard to say. Still way too early. But in Lucy Lawless's chart, it is conjunct that Aries stellium. And this is what it says about Aries, one of her um, meanings in terms of her myth. So she is, um, she is the sister of Mars, okay? Uh, but she delights in the groans of men dying in battle. She goes among them to increase their pain. Not exactly a happy camper. Okay, the Romans called her Discordia, a name that works even better maybe than Eris. She sows discord wherever she goes. So, um, 
But what's interesting about the role that uh, Lucy Lawless played as Xena, warrior princess, is she started off on the bad side, on the heiress side. But during the course of the writing of that show and how they portrayed it, they had her redeem herself and go to the light side <laughs> rather than the dark side. Um, but like I was saying, for all of us, uh, there's about a hundred year span where Eris has been and still is in Air, Air, yeah, in Aries, and he is right now squaring Pluto. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that's the key is if it's activating uh, Pluto. Yeah. Uh, especially with what's going on right now. Yeah. But also, you know, if it happens to be if you have Aries planets and it's, it's yeah you know conjunct one of them when you're born then it, it can have an influence other yeah. than that it's not so yeah, much, not so much exactly because we were before the show we were talking I mean with the asteroids with this Kuiper belt and all its objects you could literally put somebody at every degree on your chart oh yeah, yeah, yeah. which would just get to be silly and insane yeah, yeah, yeah. It just if to me, it just becomes clutter. Yeah, and and yeah. you want to you want to keep the chart as clear as you can. But certainly, when you notice something like that in very specifically you know, specific, yeah, then yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see what it means. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, we have a few minutes. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, so maybe give our audience just a little bit of a background to, and I would say that interspersed with continuing on with our happy lessons, maybe the next show after the next lesson should be on astrocartography. Could you maybe oh. give a bit of an overview of exactly what that means? I could, I could do, do my best, yeah. All righty. Yeah, it's an interesting adjunct to uh, a natal chart. You always have to start with the natal chart. Okay, yeah. No matter what you're looking at. But yeah, it's a very interesting thing to look at. The influence of, you know, if you relocate to different places in the world, how that shifts your chart in, in, and particularly with the angles of the chart. Ah, okay, okay. And so I think too, it's, it's also another way of describing it is, if, uh, let's say, in your chart, the moon was directly overhead, where would where would you have been born if that was the case? Or if Mars yeah, was directly it, overhead? Or, if, you put, if you put planets on the angles, then it, yeah, that, that location may have, uh, you know, some yeah. significance for you. Yes, yeah. And so there are literal lines that are drawn um, marking the orbit or where yeah it's hard yeah, to describe it's, it's, it it's yeah. like a map of the world and you have the lines showing yeah where yeah. the different planets would be yeah I so have to excuse myself yep. one minute okay not a problem so um what happens as an example for instance i have my mars line go through uh, a local city here in british columbia goes through kamloops and i met both of my husbands in kamloops under my Mars line, and Mars is in my seventh house. So, you know, it can be actually quite useful 
astral cartography and relocating for specific purposes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's uh, you know, if you get somebody saying, well, where should I go in the world? That's not helpful. They need to have something a specific. in particular yeah. that they want to amplify. So if you want to, you know, if it's your your work or you just want somewhere to relax, it, those are going to be totally different places for you. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So and just, I can imagine for our age group, it's okay, where should I retire? Yeah, so would yeah, you say yeah. Jupiter or the ruler of the fourth house? Well, it, it depends on the chart. Oh, Again, everything goes back to the <laughs> yes, natal chart. It does. You it know, does. People She's think right. you can look at the, the astro cartography and that'll tell you everything, but it doesn't because the natal chart is yes. always the basis for everything. If you don't have, you don't, you have to look at that first. Yes. And, yeah. I would totally agree. Yeah. 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 Cool. Okay. So I I think we can wrap it up. I might even actually have to find my music again, which could be entertaining because I think I might have gotten rid of it. <laughs> Gosh. Well, we'll see you next week. You will. You will. You will. You will. And uh, okay. So for the folks out there, you have been listening to CJMP. 90.1 FM Powell Rivers Community Radio Station and uh, we will see you next week take care everyone <laughs>